So I wish you can see this and be here. I'm uh, in London. I'm just walking back from the Natural History Museum, which was started by Charles Darwin. And it became, there was all sorts of really cool things in there. You know, there's the dodo bird. Um, there is like a giant blue whale. There's dinosaurs. It's a pretty remarkable place of different kinds of species of things that you would never imagine um, existed, right? And uh, the idea of evolution is deeply intertwined with many of the discussions that we have. It's really important. sort of discussions of competition and business. Um, it's really important, obviously, within the natural world. Uh, and it's also, you know, really important in terms of culture. And there's lots of discussions about evolution it's really a simple process, right? You have randomization of some um, some set of a population, and then there is a selection procedure to select upon the sort of most fittest within that particular environment. And from there, those particular ones, those most fittest ones, they replicate of some degree um, at random. And then after that, they um, go and go into another cycle. And, and that repeats over and over and over again. That explains all sorts of, you know, natural world and human behavior. And, like, just a lot of stuff. But, you know, I was having this really interesting conversation with, uh, you know, quite a, quite a, a remarkable intellectual. And... You know, the the conversation was really going in an evolutionary perspective and um, about human behavior and, you know, business. But I have deep reserves about the sort of evolutionary perspective that, um, you know, ultimately we want to go back to become like what we were in the natural world, um, that we need to come back to you know, be, becoming more natural, whatever that natural thing is, right? And that's kind of the, that's deeply intertwined with sort of natural selection being applied to human beings. You know, A, I have really deep reserves uh, in terms of the ethical implications of that, in terms of what has happened over the years. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, much of the early 20th century um, discussion uh, of, of human behavior was really focused on evolution and really led us into some really nasty uh, eugenics movements, right, for example. So I'm, I'm really cautious about that. But then the other thing is we use technology. We set up the world such that those evolutionary pressures are not necessarily all that important, right? So there's a reason, for example, that we might have cultural changes that are going on that might not appear evolutionary, right? Like, I don't go around um, beating up other males <laughs> that are smaller than me, for example, right? Like, the sort of evolutionary perspective would suggest that that is somewhat a natural thing to do. But I feel um, uneasy about that simply because in this day and age, we have to balance... Um, ethical considerations, moral considerations, value considerations, 
purpose considerations against this particular backdrop, right? So we can do a lot more as human beings um, culturally by, uh, and, you know, observing the natural world, but as well, um, not necessarily pressing our agenda, but, you know, being a kinder, gentler, um, more humanitarian world than what we could possibly have if we simply abide by a strict, um, you know, evolutionary perspective. You know, for example, um, being a much more open and inclusive culture. So what we're, what we're facing with this is that, we, yes, we have maybe perhaps evolutionary trends in certain directions, but then, you know, if you look at um, the success of cultures and the success of, um, you know, just human beings, right, like that, that thrive, they're actually really open and they mutate a lot more and combine a lot more then perhaps follow a sort of a selection procedure, right? So we, you know, I'm thinking of language, for example. Part of the reason that, um, you know, if you were to apply an evolutionary perspective to language, um, you would sort of suggest that there would be a dominant language eventually. But um, what we're recognizing is that there's niches that pop up, and these niches are really um, positive for, um, you know, just variety and diversity. And so we don't want to lose some of those languages. So we have to battle and think about those particular dimensions to get you to sort of think in, in an interesting way. Um, but at the same time, we have to be cognizant of what that means um, and what we can possibly do with the world around us. Right? And I think that's this, that the so we're overlying this, the sort of natural explanations, right? We hear these natural explanations all the time. Um, eat naturally. Um, you know, you want to become like the cave person, basically, right? Um, and those explanations can only explain so much. One of them uh, I was thinking about earlier today with teeth brushing, right? Uh, people didn't understand that teeth brushing was actually, um, you know, a good thing to do. And in fact, it's not natural to brush your teeth, right? To have a stick with the technology, you know, this technology with bristles. And yet we do that because we know that that is a positive thing. And there's all sorts of things that are like that. Uh, and we have to be cognizant of what this means for, um, you know, for 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 culture, for human beings, it's not a direct evolutionary sort of going back to nature perspective, is what I'm saying. There's hints to who we are, but it would be hard-pressed for me to argue that my life would be better off if, um, you know, I, I, I didn't have the clothing that I have now, or I didn't have the transportation that I didn't have now, which are completely contradictory to sort of evolutionary ideas and the sort of going back to nature ideas. So I just think we need to be more um, cognizant of that. And that's why I have deep, you know, not, I do have an appreciation of it, um, 
you know, it was a very amazing experience to see uh, some of these things in the Natural History Museum, but then as well, we need to be cognizant of the counterside, right? And, and beside the Natural History Museum, they have the Museum of Science, or the Science Museum. Um, and science technology is as critical piece of the puzzle as, um, you know, the, the, the nature of, of um, being, you know, natural, for example. So um, with that, I want to sort of leave that discussion aside. It's a complicated discussion, and there has all sorts of implications of it. And I think we just need to be cognizant, um, thoughtful about what, um, what it means and the implications of it. And, you know, the more that we're careful of it and the more that we realize and study that, yes, there are some interesting evolutionary trajectories that we do see. But at the same time, we have control over these trajectories and we can guide them. This is called an endogenous process where we can guide and control perhaps outside of our control, perhaps within a bit of our control, but we need to think about that, of what it means for society and business and organizations. All right, take care and have a wonderful day.